Well, good morning again. It is so good to be in God's presence with you guys and uh, excited for what the Lord has for us this morning. Amen? Amen. Do you believe that, do you come to, do you, when you come to church, do you believe that the Lord has something for you every single time? Every single time? Come on. If you don't, you should. You, God has uh, blessings for you. God has revelation for you. God has an, more anointing for you. He's got uh, declaring his purposes for you. He's got uh, opportunities for you to serve. We are going back to Philippians again. And uh, if you weren't here last week, we, uh, we kind of talked about uh, what's your story? What's your story? What's the story that you're, that you're telling yourself? Because we all move through life. We, uh, we all run into good things, bad things. Uh, we run into, you know, how many know the world's full of people? <laughs> we'll just leave it at that, right? And we're always trying to make sense of, oh, why'd they say that? Why'd they do that? Why did this happen to me? What, you know, uh, how, co- how come I reacted that way? Why did, how, come, how come I've got to do this tomorrow? And we're always telling ourselves a story. And I'll tell you what, if you get the wrong story... You're going to have the wrong reactions. You're going to have the wrong emotions. You're going to have the wrong responses. And so we need to get God's story. So we're going to reread some of the stuff that we read last time. We're still in Philippians. We're cruising through chapter 1 here. So just follow along in your Bibles or on the screen in Philippians chapter 1 as I read. Now I want you to know, so remember if you weren't here last time, Paul had just in, his, in Philippians, I just prayed for them. Remember, he's in prison, and he's writing to them because they were supporting him just because it's spend the holidays, and maybe some of you weren't here since we've been back in Philippians again. And uh, so now he moved on to this next section. So this is the next section after that prayer. And he said, I, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it's become clear through the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. And at the beginning of that, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, what has actually happened there. I want, I want you to know, and so that's kind of what we focused on last time, is Paul could have told a lot of different stories to himself. He could have said, oh gosh, I didn't, I didn't know that this was going to happen. I didn't know I was going to be in chains. I didn't, man, I give my life to serve the gospel. And, and the Philippians, man, they were... They were concerned for Paul. You know, they sent gifts to help him. And I'm sure that at some point in their walk with God, they're like, God, why does Paul have to go through all that? You know, and they, they would have wanted to maybe second guess things. And of course, the devil saying, yeah, see what you get. You know, this is nothing but pain and misery in store for you if you serve Jesus. Anyone ever heard anything like that before? We got to silence those voices because if we start to believe those stories, all of the circumstances in our life are going to, they're going to match those stories. They're going to fit, and we're going to, we're going to react to it in that way. So that was last week's message. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so uh, he, Paul was just analyzing this situation. He's saying, I want you to know that this is really good. Anyone ever been able to look at a bad situation, and you've been able to tell someone else, hey, this is actually really good? I, I would say most of us have I've kind of heard that. You're not seeming very responsive on that. <laughs> but there's times where we go through those situations, and you know what? You know, this is actually good. We, we uh, get to, you know, we were just, we were, uh, again, this, I mean, this is, gets all kinds of reactions, but, you know, when we were first, it, it was September, I think, of 2020 when we got COVID, and uh, because we went through it, Marnie was hit the hardest, but because we went through it, 
fairly well. I mean, it knocked us out. It was pretty tough, but um, it forced our family to be together. And so we just had day after day where for most of those days we were feeling pretty good. So just the other day, Aspen was like, she just had fond memories. She's like, the only thing I remember, the only thing I remember from our COVID deal, which was only, I mean, you know, she's 18, it was only two years ago or whatever. She said, the only thing I really remember about it is when we went for that walk. We were trying to get some fresh air and some vitamin D. And so we went across the road on the trails and through the trees. And uh, we just we spent a couple hours over there. By the time we got back, we were exhausted and could hardly move or whatever. But, but it was worth it. It was just all this time together. So in the middle of something bad, you can see something good. I can, I can see some good coming out of this. I can, you know, not that the thing is good, but I can see some good coming out of this. That's what Paul is doing here. He's able to analyze the situation and not respond with, woe is me, or not respond with, Oh, yeah, you, got, you guys are right. I, I don't deserve this. He's, he's, he's able to respond, or, or with despair, like the devil would want to put on him and say to him, he's able to respond accurately. And so that's what he's saying here. And we're going to go a little further today. Verses 15 through 17 of Philippians 1 says, says this. It's true, he's, he's kind of making them aware of another situation. It's true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. Hey, this is a, a brilliant assessment of the facts. Now, what do we do with these facts? So he's saying the latter do so out of love, meaning the ones that are preaching it, you know, out of goodwill. They do it out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. The former, he's talking about the turkeys there, the former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm still in chains, while I'm in these, these chains. So Paul is, is recount, or giving an account of the situation that he's in. Not only am I in chains, not only am I in prison, so not only am I in prison, but I'm in chains as well. I'm not just in, in prison, I'm in chains. I've got guards chained to me. And not only that, people are preaching Christ, and half of them are doing it so that they make my life worse. Has anyone ever felt like someone was doing something to make your life worse? Oh, aren't you guys so holy? <laughs> You're all like, no, pastor, I would never think those things. <laughs> I wouldn't have those feelings. Thank you, John. There is one honest person in this place, too, because I'm going to raise my hand. Now, whether it's accurate or not, we felt like people have done stuff just to make our life more difficult. Anyone ever had kids? <laughs> Apparently, you guys have never cleaned a child's room before like do you do this to make my right has any mother ever under your breath accidentally said something like that do you just do this to make my life more difficult right we assess the situation sometimes and Paul is being accurate here and he's assessing the situation he's letting the Philippian people know that not only am I in jail not and not only am I in chains but now there's all these people preaching Jesus and half of them it's not even sincerely they want to do it because they are against me and jealous of me and they are antagonistic and they want my life to be more difficult. Let's read what Paul writes next because he leaves us on this cliffhanger here. So they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. 
Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. Paul does something here that I was fascinated with, something that you guys do all the time, but I was just in awe of this. He was able to take hard circumstances and unfair circumstances and then top it off other people trying to get his goat, trying to, trying to make stuff worse. Now, we've already seen by the survey that there's no one here that has ever experienced someone trying to make your life worse. So, okay, we can move beyond that. But Paul experienced that, right? And they were trying, they were on purpose trying to make his life more troublesome, nasty. And Paul had this ability to take a step back, to assess the situation, and to respond with God's story. And I was just so impressed with that. You know, stuff that I'm sure you guys do all the time. You have all these hard things come at you and unfair things, and you're able to just take a step back. You don't complain. You don't grumble. You don't tell your neighbor or your wife or your friend or your kids or your coworker how unfair this is, but you take a step back and you're like, what God's really doing in this is something of holy nature. So I'm sure that's most of your responses, but that's not always my response. And so I was just, I was intrigued by that. So as I was, I was actually sitting right in front of where Jerry sits there uh, this week, and I was just kind of, I was praying, and I was in the dark here in the morning, and I was pondering scriptures, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do this well. Hopefully I can convey what I think the Lord was conveying to me. So this is what I'm preaching, and we're preaching through Philippians. So, so I was, I was thinking about this situation. We had talked about our story. What story are we going to believe? And as I was kind of thinking about that, and I was just kind of asking the Lord. I'm like, God, Paul really sized this up well. He could have reacted so many different ways, you know, fleshly or whatever. But that could have derailed him. It could have, it could have really, like, how many of you know that at any, at any moment, any one of us has the potential to be derailed by us believing the wrong story? We've got to be so careful about what we're believing to be true about God and about people around it because it colors our hearts and lives. Man, you start getting convinced that God isn't good and you know, whatever, and oh yeah, I'm not worthy. And just Man, things go south in a hurry. This had the potential to derail Paul's journey. And he's in this prison. He's lonely. He's, he's, you know, he could have written them back about how his feet are swollen and how the, the chain, you know, iron chains on your, like... Like, we get, you know, a little frustrated if things aren't hypoallergenic because, you know, we might get a little redness where we've got earrings or bracelets or whatever, right? Paul's got iron chains clamped onto his wrists and feet, most likely, chained to a guard in conditions that are not great. And he didn't write about how his, his feet are blistering from the cold, about how he's uh, uncomfortable. He, he didn't write any of that. And so I was just was talking to the Lord about that. And I said, how, how is Paul able to see, like take a step back and really see? He's, he was able to see the, the story of God in all this. He was able to see the working of God. Not just, because listen, he could have just had a good attitude. And that would have been phenomenal. I mean, that, amazing. That would have been great protection for him. But he did more than that. He saw how God was working in it. That's like a whole nother step. I'm like, how did Paul see what God was doing in the middle of How was he able to pick that thread out of all of his feelings and stuff? And I felt the Holy Spirit just said, as I was just pondering that question and asking the Lord, just felt like God said, uh, because you're spending your time 
looking for emotional resolution in your soul. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of what I was thinking too, Lord. <laughs> I'm like, what? Uh, huh? What? And uh, so I just kind of played a lot. I just kind of, I just, right before, yes. I just said yes. I'm like, yep, I don't, I don't know what that means, but yep, yep I, that's what I thought too. And I just spent some more time in his presence. I'm like, God, what is, what is, what are you trying to say by that? What does that mean? And if I understand him right, what I feel like the Lord was trying to say is that immediately when we come up against these hard things or these unfair things, as we're trying to decide what storyline we're going to really believe about all of these facts. See, in every story, the facts don't change. Someone said something bad about you. You got a bad report from the doctor. You got to work on a Sunday when you shouldn't have to. Whatever it is, whatever it is about your life, the facts don't change in the four different stories that we talked about. My story that I tell myself, the story that other people want to tell me, the story that the devil wants to tell me, and, this, and God's story. In none of those, the facts don't change. They're still the same. It's just what am I going to believe is true about those facts? And so... I was just thinking about that, and, and I just really felt like the Lord was saying that when those things crop up and you're trying to form your story, we as humans feel like we have to resolve this internally. I've got to make this make sense, and I've got to decide that this isn't fair because I've got all these emotions, and I've got all this struggle. So I've got to, I've got to work it out here first, and then I start moving forward with life and making my decisions. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying that that's always going to lead to bad results. You're trying to, to figure this out in your own emotions and, and justify things and create your own story inside of there. And so just immediately I was, I was Sermon on the Mount, Sermon on the Mount. I just, I'm like, well, we're, Lord, we're in, Phil, in Philippians. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but we're, we're spending time in Philippians. And it just kept being really strong. I'm like, what does that have to do with this? And so... I kind of obeyed. I mean, I, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I, I wonder what that means. I thought about it a little bit. And I went to do my Bible reading for that day, and it was not, not Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount. It was Luke 6, the Sermon on the Mount. It was my reading for that day. And I'm like, oh, interesting. Okay, well, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, <laughs> right? But people like to keep me around. So God kept me around. He's like, I'll, I'll help you out here. You're not cutting things very well yourself. I'll, I'll give you some little nudges and guidance here. And so I just kind of just marinated on that for a little while. So we're going we're gonna to go to Luke chapter 6 for a little bit and see if we can figure this out, like what the Lord is telling me about getting stuck in my own emotions with this stuff and trying to come up with a resolution here before I feel like I can move forward. What would Jesus have to tell us about this? And how does this all have, what does this all have to do with Paul? How he can make this great decision? So we're, we're going to go to Luke chapter 6. We're starting in verse 27. I'm going to read this really quick. Then we're going to look a little more at the next section. Jesus says, But to you who are listening, I say, Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other one also. Curtis, come up here. We're going to demonstrate that. I'm just kidding. <clears throat> If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, don't demand it back. Do to others what you would have them do to you. Continuing on, verse 32 through 34 says this. If, everyone say if. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if, say if, 
If you do good to those who are good to you, well, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. A couple more verses. Verses 35 and 36 says, But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you'll be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. There is a lot in that scripture, and uh, I just was marinating on all of this, and like, okay, Lord, what are you really saying to me here? So here's what I feel like the Holy Spirit was saying. Let's, let's look at, for a second, what are, what are we talking about here? We're going to go back to that middle, the middle section of verses 32 through 34. If you love those who love you, okay? So we're talking about love. What credit is that? You, and if you do good, so he's, 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 these are your three action words in this section of Scripture. The three things that he's saying, if you do. If you do, okay? If you do. I'll tell you, if you do, I don't know, that just sounded funny. If you do, if you do, if you love, if you do good, if you land, and he's talking about a specific group of people here, you know, if you do these things, so what kind of things? Love, do good, and land. So here's, here's what he's, he's getting at. Here's what he's saying is there's a whole bunch of conditional things here of if you do these things to a certain group of people, okay? Well, what kind of things? Love. So that's talking, he's talking about our heart and our attitude. If you have this, this heart of love, this, this kind of a heart position and an attitude towards. A heart position and an attitude towards someone. Got it? Doing good. It's your actions and your decisions. It's how I decide that I'm going to treat you. So we're talking about my heart towards a group of people and my attitude towards them. Then we're talking about what I do to them, my actions and my decisions towards a group of people, and then lending, it's talking about stuff that's mine, my resources, my money, my time, my whatever, and how, how, we, how tight we are with that and how loose we are with that in the context of this group of people that we're talking about. And it's the group of people that don't love us back, and they don't do good things back to us, and they don't give our money back to us. It's that group of people. And Jesus is setting the stage here, and he's saying something's going to happen, good or bad, if you have the right attitude and heart, love, if you love people, if your actions and your decisions reflect that love, and if your resources reflect the actions and decisions and the heart of attitude of love. So how are we going to treat this specific group of people? Because that's going to make a difference. And I think this is really going to be good for some of you. I think it was really good for me. And so we see this here. We're going to read through this again. If you love those who love you, okay, the kind of people that love you back, right? Well, I know they're going to love me back. So if I love them, well, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good, here's the do good part. If you do good, those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. If you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Judy some money because I know next week she's going to give me some money back, maybe even throw a little extra dollar in there, right? Okay, well, I absolutely love lending Judy money. I mean, that's not really true, but just, <laughs> 
What credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. And I've always read this, this section of verses, and I've always thought, okay, what credit is that to you? How, how many of you in school were people that just waited for every extra credit assignment that there was? You wanted to do it, yes, Marnie, she'd be like, I've got an A, but I'd like to get an A plus, 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 <laughs> right? In my world, extra credits for losers. <laughs> you know, just like, am I getting by? Okay, that's plenty good. Well, if you do extra credit, you could get it up to a B plus. I'm like, Psh, I don't care. No, we're good. I'm passing. We're good. Like, all right, Taylor, this is not how you live your life. <laughs> Taylor knows about extra credit, right? That's been the salvation for a few things. So that's kind of what I felt like this verse was saying. What, what credit? You get, I get some credit. Why don't we really care about it? Like, I'm supposed, okay, it's right. Let's be honest here. Just, hey, hey, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. It's the Bible, right? You're supposed to obey the Bible, right? Well, it's good for you. That's kind of how I felt about this verse. Here's your duty. Do good to people that can't do good. It'll be credit for you. You have a reward in heaven. <laughs> right? Like, yay. I'm supposed to think this is a really good thing because it's the Bible, and you're supposed to believe the Bible, right? I'm a preacher for crying out loud, right? There's three times in the NIV that I can find and I think this is accurate, I've looked in two different places, that this Greek word is translated credit. Anyone have any idea what three times those are? It's right there. <laughs> These are the three times that it's translated credit. I am not a linguist. I wouldn't know one Greek word from another other than what really smart people write, and I, and I read many different sources so that I get a consistent thread because I don't understand all this stuff. So I'm certainly not saying anything that, that good scholars aren't, aren't saying because I wouldn't know. But I do know that this is the only place that this word is ever translated as credit. And it can mean kind of like that. But it's a word that you guys know, and it's a Greek word that we've used many, many, many times here. The Greek word, for if you love those who love you, what charis is that to you? Charismatic. Charis. We often and most often translate it grace, and the next one, the second most often translation is favor. Grace and favor. Grace and favor. So let's read it like this. If you love those who love you, what grace and favor is there in that? Ooh, now we're getting somewhere. Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who are good to you, what grace and favor is there in, in that transaction? Even sinners do that. If you lend to the Jesus is giving us a doorway here. He's giving us an insight. He's giving us keys all throughout the scripture. You're going to find keys to righteous living. You're going to find keys to a whole new way of life. Okay? Grace and favor. If you lend to those who, who, from whom you expect repayment, what grace and favor is that to you? 
Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. I just want to challenge you this morning that Jesus is giving us some insight here. That if you, if you go to this group of people, the ones who are ungrateful, they never say that this is the best food that I've ever cooked, right? They, they don't repay. They don't love you back. They don't return the good that you've done to them back to you. That if you choose... To initiate the three things that God is telling you here, that that opens up a flow of grace and favor in your life. Then I said, that's better than extra credit. (laughs) I like that. There is a flow, there's a river, there's a, there's a movement of grace and favor when I decide that Just because Zach isn't going to repay me, I'm going to bless him anyways. I'm going to love Larry, even though I know, Debbie told me too, he's never going to love me back. But I'm going to love him anyways. And I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose. Say I. I am going to choose. I'm going to choose. I'm going to decide. I'm going to initiate it. I'm not going to respond. I'm going to initiate Because I want to flow in the power and the grace and the favor of God. There's a river of grace that flows here, and you get to decide if you want to step into that. If you just do simple human transactions, sure, there's a generic grace, and I don't mean generic in a belittling, but a general grace on our life. Absolutely, we're in the grace of God. But there's a specific flow of grace in these three actions. When I love someone who's not going to love me back. Ever had to love someone who's unlovable? Yeah. If I do good to those who have no intention, at least that I can see, of doing good back to me, I participate in this flow of grace in my life that allows me to walk in the power of God. Now, let's point out a different section in here. Look at this. So, and if you lend, I'm reading down, uh, halfway down, if you lend to those from whom you, say it with me, expect, no, no, say it with me, expect, no, come on, expect, like about four of you are still saying it. Is this on? (laughs) Okay. If you expect expect this return there's no grace in that there's no grace in that you are anticipating and believing in and hoping for a response from them God says there's no grace in that there's no credit in that even sinners led into sinners, what, and what are sinners doing? Expecting. They're basing their lives on a required response from you. Jesus said, there's no grace in that. That's just human interaction. That's not a flow of grace in that. If you want the flow of grace to be powerful in your life, if you want the favor of God to be flowing in your life, he's like, you can do good to those who will do good to you, and that's just fine. That's just a human transaction, whatever. Even sinners do that. That's fine. He's not saying even that's bad. He's saying, but there's not grace in that. There's not the flow of favor of God in that. Look at the next section of verses. Beloved, your enemies, do good to them. Lend to them 
Whoa, wait, look at this. Hold on. Without expecting. Hmm, that's a key. That's a key. There's a key in that, you guys. Without expecting to get anything back. If you do get something back, great. But that is not in my thinking. Let me just go to this slide. Jesus, in this Sermon on the Mount, he's teaching us kingdom living. And kingdom living is all, it's a whole different way of living. It's all about in the flow of God, the grace of God. Jesus, remember the upside down kingdom? We went through those beatitudes for weeks and weeks. It's backwards. It's upside down. It doesn't make sense. The last will be first. What? That doesn't make any sense. If you want to get, you need to give, right? All that just backwards thinking. Only, it's not backwards for the kingdom of God. It's how that kingdom operates. And so as Jesus is teaching us how to walk in the kingdom, he's teaching us about, our expect, about, about making decisions based on our expectations of people's responses. And he's saying, you're going to step out of the flow of grace if you do that. Decisions and actions that are rooted in the divine character and nature of God will produce a flow of grace in our lives. It's this whole idea of Jesus empowers us to decide, and it doesn't matter what other people do. I'm going to choose to walk in that flow of God. I'm going to choose to do good to John even though he's never going to do nothing good back to me. I'm not going to hold that against him. It's not going to be a resentment thing. It's not going to be I've got one over on you. I'm going to choose with a pure, remember, love. Do good. Remember, it starts with that love. I've got to have the right heart. See, if you've got a crappy attitude, I mean a bad attitude, I can't say that on live TV. If you've got a, <laughs> right, if your heart's not, no, it's just some of us, it is a crappy attitude. If you're, if you're not loving then, then the rest of this doesn't matter. Yeah, I know I won't get anything back from him, but bless God. Man, I've got to put his needs and his, his good ahead of my own. I've got my attitude towards John has got to be one of, of honor and high value. And I'll do good to him without expecting something. All of a sudden, grace. Grace of God is in my life. All of a sudden, you start seeing this flow of favor and grace of God in your life. But I decided, I chose, I chose. I'm lining up my actions with God versus lining up my actions with what I think your response is going to be. Listen, do that again. I'm lining up my actions. I'm making my decisions based on what I want, I think, what I think God wants me to do what he's revealed in his word. I'm being obedient versus I'm going to follow God, but I'm going to do it with an eye on what I think you might do in return to me. So decisions and actions that are rooted, that are founded out of that obedience to the Lord with a pure heart and a right attitude and a heart of love towards you, that produces grace, but decisions and actions that are based in the expectations of people's responses to me, it removes us from that flow of grace. It pulls you right out of it. God's like, fine. It's like you're not evil. I mean, you're just stepping out of, stepping out of that flow of grace of God. You're stepping out of that well-oiled machine of favor. You're stepping out of that place where I'm able to take a step back like Paul did. 
and stand in the grace and favor of God and say, hey, what, what really happened here? It's advancing the gospel. And, and you know what? They're, they're stirring up trouble for me, but it, you know what? It doesn't matter because the gospel's being preached because he's walking in the flow and the grace of God. He's not stuck in his emotions trying to resolve in his soul what's meant to be resolved in his spirit with the Lord. Come on. Anyone still awake in this place? Three of you. Gosh. Um, I was going to say something else and I can't remember what it was. Oh. I'm amazed at how often I'm a victim of this. Not like, hey, I'm a victim. It's my fault. I mean, how often I succumb to this. How often... My actions are predicated upon what I think your response is going to be to me. Holy mackerel. Can you say holy mackerel? Can I say that? It's a fish and God created it. It's all good. He called the creation good. Right? I'm distraught at how often my actions to you are dependent upon what I think your response is going to be to me. Ah, that's frustrating. I need to be with Jesus more. Because then my actions towards you and my response towards you and my heart towards you and my attitude towards you and what I do with my resources towards you is going to be based on obedience to the Lord and my walk with him and a fruitfulness. And I'm going to walk in the grace of God. But I get stuck in this. And here's, here's, here's what I thought of. And this is not from the Holy Spirit, but I think it's accurate. I just, as I was thinking through this, I thought, how many of our spiritual attacks are us being out of that flow of grace? Not even, they're not even attacks. It's just us disappointed emotionally. Oh, devil's after me again. Oh, I gave them this and they didn't do nothing back. Oh. We would never say it like that just because that sounds really dumb. <laughs> but it's, we, it's what we think. If you're human, and Jesus is giving this, this, this little key, this insight, you want to step out of that what you feel like is in a spiritual attack in your life. Oh, I can't believe they said that about me. I can't believe they did that to me. Oh, and when I did that to them, he says, just step over here. You determine in your spirit that you're going to love them and have the right attitude towards them and do good and bless. And there's going to be a flow of favor and grace in that. All of a sudden, our spiritual attacks, we've been keeping a tally in 2022. They've diminished by 49%. Because we've just stopped doing things based upon what I think your response is going to be towards it. I'm just going to obey the Lord, and I'm going to walk in that joy. I'm going to walk in that freedom. I'm going to walk in that. There's a freedom in that. There's a freedom in Someone needed to hear that today. There's a freedom in that. There's a freedom in You're not bound up. To, so they, you, you gave them a gift card to Sam's, and, and they wrote a post saying that you're just a turkey because you just want to look good. Who cares? There's a freedom. Why'd you give the gift card in the first place? Why'd you shovel their driveway in the first place? Why'd you give them 20 bucks in the first place? If it started wrong, it's going to end wrong. If it starts right, it's going to end well. And, and just, I'm not saying everything, but I'm just saying a, a, a lot of our perceived trouble and tribulation all of a sudden just goes away. And we're like, God, how come this year is so much easier? Well, because you got your heart in the right place, you decided just to walk in joy and obedience instead of being enslaved 
to my thought of what your response is going to be to me. Does anyone think that's good? Come on. That is freedom. That's good stuff. Let's just, as we end, we're closing. Two more, two more screens. Let's get back to Philippians. So Paul says this. It's true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry. That's, that's true. Paul didn't stick his head in the sand. He said, it's true. That's true. That's a fact. That's a fact. People that walk in that flow of grace are not influenced by those facts. Got no skin on me. I don't, I don't, that doesn't matter. But others out of goodwill, the latter do so out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition. He's, he's being factual again. Not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me. Listen to this. But what does it matter? The important thing is. The important thing is. Walking in that flow of grace allows you to find your important thing. Every scenario, every set of facts, every situation, every story that you're trying to craft to deal with what you're dealing with has an important thing in it. And the only important thing in this, not that other things are not important as well, but the important thing in every scenario, in every situation, in every way that you live your life has to come from God. It has to be the God thing in this. The important thing is the God component of this. The important thing is that I'm being transformed. The important thing is that the gospel's going forth. The important thing is that it's advancing. The important thing is that, that patience and endurance is being produced in me. The important thing is I'm looking more like Jesus. The important thing is, my challenge to you today is in every scenario, decide that you're not going to act based upon what you think other people's reactions are going to be in response to that, but act in obedience to God. Take your hands off. Let the joy of the Lord start to fill your heart. Walk in the fresh flow of grace and favor, which will position you to take a step back and see the important thing. Ah, as I'm flowing in this grace of God, I can see the important. You know what? Last week, I would have been all hung up on Jimmy's response to that, and I would have been so ink. But you know what? Today, I just decided, not that I don't care, not that, just decided, Paul said, what does it matter? Uh, if it matters, I'm in, the, I'm, in, I'm in the wrong spot. I'm not saying we're not human. We have a real soul. We have real emotions. We've got real feelers that get hurt. Right? I'm not saying that that's not legitimate. What do you do with it, though? Step back and walk in that grace. I'm, I'm going to serve, love, give, and I'm not going to let what I think you're going to do to me affect what I do. Hmm. I'm done. That's good stuff. I don't know if you got that or not, but I'm going to pray that somewhere between my mouth and your ears, that Holy Spirit did something to set some hearts free today. To be in a situation where, gosh, I, th I thought this was not at all what I thought this was going to look like. Here, I'm all chained up, and what, what in the world? And now, now to make things worse, them turkeys out there, they're just they're being mean to me. But what does it matter? What's God? Hey, God, I'm blessing, I'm giving, I'm praying for them, I'm sowing into the. What's the? Help me, Holy Spirit. What's the important thing? Come on, what's the important thing here? God. This situation, it's getting my feeling. I'm all ruffled up inside. I, I want to be, I just want to go in a corner and cry. Oh, man, I'm frustrated. I want to be frustrated at you, God, even. And, but that's not right. That's not the right story to believe. 
ooh, I'm going to bless them. You know what? I'm just going to send them a check for 50 bucks this week. I just, uh, hallelujah, bless them, God. Help my feelers not to guide my decisions. Wow, there's freedom in that. Okay, what's the important thing? What, there's a, there's a, a singular important thing in this situation. And the Holy Spirit will enlighten that for you. And you'll see that. The important thing is all of a sudden when I, I, did, I, quit, I quit worrying about how, how I was hurting so much and how I was so frustrated. And I saw Jimmy, you know, he treated me like that and wrote this thing about me. You know what I saw after, after I got in the flow of grace? I saw someone else comment on his post and I saw that his sister got cancer last week. I didn't even know that. Jimmy's a hurting unit. He lashed out at me, but gosh, that's the important. The important thing is he sees Jesus in this. I'm going to pray for his sister. I'm going to send him a note and just let him know that. Do you see what I mean? The important thing is where's the God thread in this? And as long as we're caught up in our soul, we're all trying to make sense out of it in here, not going to see it. I mean, step back and say, you know what? I'm going to serve, love, give because God, you say that's where grace flows. It's not just extra credit. It's a flow of grace. It's charis. It's, it's, it's the grace of God flowing. Amen? Amen. God, we just thank you for your river of grace that's flowing in our lives, and we bless you today. Help us to be people that take a step back and we'll just walk in obedience, Lord, irrespective of what we think people are going to do in response. Thank you for the freedom that that is, and I thank you for the people that were set free from that, that that word is setting people free today. In Jesus' name, amen.